0: Today, with another daily devotion, and I'm so glad that you're joining us. We've been reading through the New Testament, and now we're in 2 Corinthians. We're in chapter 2, of 2 Corinthians. Now, as we look at 2 Corinthians, uh, we have to do a little bit of study just to kind of help us fill in the blanks, because uh, the second letter to the Corinthians is really not the second letter to the Corinthians. Paul had written them other letters and uh, Second Corinthians is the, uh, the only other letter that survived that. So let me just take you through some of Paul's histories with them. Uh, Paul ministered uh, to the Corinthians in uh, person, but then when Paul left, he heard reports about some problems there at the church. They had immorality uh, among their members, and Paul wrote a letter to them to uh, rebuke them and to uh, really clarify how to do discipline. That letter has been lost. That was an uninspired letter. It's just a regular letter that Paul wrote. But then Paul hears that there's more problems, more division among the church, and so he wrote to them again, and that's what we have as 1 Corinthians. Well, the problems continued. There were false teachers that came in. They began to attack Paul and attack his apostleship. And because of that, Paul went back to them, he visited them in person, and uh, it's known as Paul's painful visit, that he went there to bring correction, but uh, the people, they did not side with Paul, and they weren't loyal to him, and they sided with some of the false teachers. So the false teachers rebuked him, and uh, Paul left there, just really hurt, and um, then Paul responded to that by sending them a letter, which is known as the severe letter, and that's been lost as well. Paul refers to it here in 2 Corinthians. And then finally, after he hears that the people have uh, repented and that they have uh, brought the leadership back under control, now he writes 2 Corinthians after hearing that report. So that's where we're at right now. 2 Corinthians 2, you have Paul Encouraging the people, saying, hey, uh, this individual that was in sin, uh, if he's repented, you forgive him. And if you forgive him, I'll forgive him. And Paul really just deals with the whole issue of restoration. How do you restore a brother? Right. If someone sins and they repent, well, you can't hold a grudge against them. You have to forgive them. And so that's what we see here in Second Corinthians chapter two, that he really encourages them. Hey, you need to forgive and you need to reaffirm your love for them. You know, don't just forgive them and then, you know, set them aside and put them in a corner. No, you need to reaffirm your love for them. You need to care for them. And, and really pursue forgiveness and pursue reconciliation in a real meaningful way. And there's some important lessons for us to learn. You know, sometimes as believers, we're tempted to say the words, okay, I forgive this person, right? But what does that look like? Well, forgiveness says, okay, yeah, I, I forgive them. I'm going to let that sin go. I'm not going to take that uh, hurt. Into account, I'm not going to take revenge, I'm not going to get any payback on them. But a lot of times, uh, as Christians, we're tempted to say, I forgive, but I'm not going to have anything to do with this individual. And that's not what we see biblically that you need to forgive and then you need to restore the relationship and allow that relationship to continue. And that's what Paul is doing here, where he tells them, hey, you need to forgive this guy, and you need to reaffirm your love for him. So if you look down at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse 1, he says, I determined this for my own sake, that I would not come to you in sorrow again. There's a reference to Paul's painful visit, where he came to them, and it was a very sorrowful thing. He says, for if I caused you sorrow, then... Who then makes me glad about the one whom I made sorrowful? This is the very thing I wrote to you about, so that when I came, I would not have sorrow from those who ought to have made me rejoice. Having confidence in you, that my joy would be the joy of you all." So Paul was saying, Hey, I I came to you before a sorrowful visit. I wrote to you. It was uh, a difficult letter to write, but I'm writing to you because I don't want to come to you again in sorrow, right? It's like, I don't want you guys to bring me grief. I want you to bring me joy. You guys are brothers and sisters in the Lord. I want you to have joy and I want to receive the joy from you. Now, In verse 5, he talks about this individual. He says, but if any has caused sorrow, he has caused sorrow not to me, but in some degree in order not to say too much to all of you. So Paul is saying, hey, this person that he opposed me, he brought grief to me, but he also brought grief to the church. And you guys were hurt by this as well. In verse 6, he says, sufficient for such a one that this punishment, which was inflicted by the majority, so that on the contrary, you should rather forgive and comfort him. Otherwise, such a one might be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So Paul says, hey, listen, forgive him, restore him, but then comfort him too. You see how Paul Uh, encourages them and really commands them to go the extra mile. Don't just forgive this individual. You need to forgive him. You need to interact with him. And you even need to comfort him. So you see that Paul has worked a lot with the Corinthians, uh, along the topics of love and on the topics of edification. And here he's saying, hey, and you need to put love in action. You need to forgive and you need to even comfort this person, right? If he's repented, then you need to comfort him. You need to welcome him back and you need to assure him of your love for him. So this is an important lesson for the Corinthians. But, you know, it's an important lesson for us as well, that when someone hurts you and, uh, and you have a painful experience, yeah, you need to forgive them, and you need to restore them as well. And this is, especially if they repent, then don't hold them aloof, uh, don't, uh, don't put them aside, but no, comfort them, love them, put forgiveness into action. And that's what Paul does. And Paul, he gives a warning here. When he talks about forgiveness, he says, you need to do this so that Satan doesn't take advantage of the situation. If you look down at verse 10, he says, The one whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For indeed, I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything. And I did it for your sakes in the presence of Christ, so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. So Paul says, hey, if you forgave him, I forgave him. And I forgave him uh, in Christ. And... We need to forgive him so that Satan doesn't take advantage of the situation because we know his schemes. And what would uh, Satan do to take advantage of the situation? Well, let's say that this man sinned and he repented, he asked for forgiveness, but the people didn't forgive him. They didn't restore him and they didn't welcome him back and comfort him. If they were bitter towards him or if they were rude to him or if they just held him at arm's length, you know, that would be... That that would be sin on the church's part, right? And that would be be something that Satan would love for the church to do. You know, Satan would love for the church to operate with uh, bitterness and holding grudges. But that's not what we've been taught in Christ. We've been taught we need to forgive just like Christ forgives us. Yes, this individual needs to repent. If he doesn't repent, then there's a church discipline process in order to restore him But if he does repent, then they need to welcome him back, comfort him, receive him. Paul says, do this so that Satan doesn't take advantage of the situation make things worse. So this was an important lesson for the Corinthians to learn, and it's important for us, that we need to be people that are willing to forgive, that we're willing to restore and to comfort rather than harboring grudges or being embittered against people. No, we need to love them. We need to care for them. We need to encourage them. That's what you would want someone to do for you. And that's what God has called us to do to others. That's exactly what God does to us. He calls us to repent, to turn to him. And what does he do? He receives us, he comforts us, he gives us peace and joy. And the Corinthians were called to imitate that. And you and I are called to imitate that as well. So let's do a good job of loving people, imitating Christ, and uh, and loving and forgiving the way that Christ has called us to. Well, I hope this was a challenge to you. I hope it encourages you, and we'll see you next time. God bless.